Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, a very, very popular panel we've got this morning. Uh, Kimberly Downs, who always rates very highly with us. Uh, and Sam Stewart, uh, Sam Stewart, Sam Hewitt, our very own Sam Hewitt, who I can see sitting in the studio live in Auckland. I hope that's not an open cup of coffee that I can see to the right. But I, what I can see, Sam, I, what I can see is number 12, Tom Brady's shirt on. So uh, I guess a day of celebration, but a, a little bit of day of sadness for you. It is, Smithy. Tommy Touchdowns, TB12, uh, one of my uh, sporting idols. Um, a little bit disappointed that he didn't uh, give us a little bit of raps in his uh, retirement announcement. Um, but six Super Bowls is enough for me. Um, so happy with that. But uh, no, Smithy, he, um, look, I went to America about 10 years ago, moved to Boston. Um, my soccer coach took me to a, a Patriots training session and I saw Tom Brady throwing live. And um, that's sort of one of my most treasured sports memories because I didn't know that I was going to, you know, fall in love with the Patriots and fall in love with watching Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, over the years, he's, he's given me plenty of memories. And, and it's sort of, you think of guys like Grant Elliott and his six and the All-Whites in 2009. Sports stars and sports moments often give us the most emotional sort of memories. Um, and so that's what Tom Brady's given me over the last um, sort of 10 years. And, you know, I probably thought he was going to retire six years ago. So in a way, it's been coming um, and not unexpected. So, But it's been a great run. Um, he will be, you know, probably regarded as the greatest football player in the NFL of all time. Um, I don't think anyone's going to match his records, not anytime soon. So, yep, sad day, but also a celebration, Smithy. Well, speaking of celebrations, congratulations, Kimberly Downs. What wonderful news in the media industry. Oh, thank you, Smithy. What a, way, what a nice way to start the year, full of the... Uh full of the congrats and compliments, so I appreciate that. It's an easy way to ease into it, but no, very, very, very happy. Um, although I have been relegated to couch watching uh, Ollie over at the Winter Olympics at the moment. But no, good times all around at the moment. Well, at least he's there, Kimberly, and uh, uh, at least it's going to happen, um, as opposed to a lot of things that are not happening in New Zealand sport and world sport. But New Zealand in particular, we feel them. And we're fairly feeling for the golf people. The Open cancelled for the second year in a row. Do you foresee this is going to stop at this stage? Surely. I mean, when that happens, I guess your guess is as good as mine, as good as anyone's. But it does just get to the point where it feels like it's just hammer blow after hammer blow. And it's hard to keep up at the moment with how many things are being cancelled or being put off. And it's, it's the golf as well, obviously, one of, you know, our most prestigious events. You feel for those guys. But you also 
really feel for these events like the Coast to Coast, they had to can the two-day event, and particularly for the athletes that are involved. You know, you look at something like that, and the athletes that are going to compete in that have by and large made a year-long sacrifice to train for it for a one-off, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So to have that pulled out from under them, um, I, I, I can only imagine how crushing that must be. I do have to say, I, I feel quite a bit for some of our sporting organisations at the moment who are trying to organise events uh, in a safe manner under the current restrictions and not knowing and not having the certainty around when things are going to change. But it does, like I said before, it does just feel like the hits keep coming uh, across all sport at the moment and it's, it's not pleasant for them. It's, it's not pleasant for anyone. Sam, you've got to wonder, you know, what it does to these people. I mean, uh, I could hear it in the voice this morning uh, when we were talking golf. Um, you know, it, it's just so soul-destroying for some of these people. You must, they must feel like giving up at some point. Yeah. I think, you know, the hard thing, Smithy, about a year ago when, when competitions were getting cancelled, it was sort of – I was optimistic because I thought, you know, once we all start getting vaccinated, you know, sport was not going to have this problem anymore. And we're going to be able to go to stadiums and we're going to have competitions. Everything's going to go back to normal. And it just seems like this year is just a repeat of last year. We're just seeing events fall over. And I've said this yesterday with, with staff, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not criticising – them for making these decisions because they have to but the competitions that are going ahead with a different sort of mechanic you know super rugby looking to move to one place and bubbling and all that sort of stuff it's a compromised product you know you're not playing at the stadiums where the fans can go and watch and the fans aren't getting the full experience so you know it's hard to criticize them because they have to do it but it's they're only doing it because they're trying to you know, make back the money, the, the, the thousands or millions of dollars that they're losing. Um, but the ones that get cancelled outright, it is really sad. And I know the New Zealand Open, for me, I was looking forward to the three British Open slots, Smithy, you know, three Kiwis potentially mm-hmm. um, going to the British Open. So, um, yeah, really disappointing. Yeah, uh, soul-destroying, I call it, really soul-destroying. When you, you know how hard they work at their games for limited opportunities that they get. Uh, speaking of uh, someone who might be a little uh, soul-destroyed is... It's Kyle Jamison, Sam. Uh, you know, what was it, $2.7, $2.8 million last yep. year? And not a, an inkling of interest this year. No. Um, and I heard Bears talking about this this morning, and he, he obviously knows a lot more about it than, than we do, uh, being a coach over there. And, and he did make a good point that, you know, Kyle Jamison is probably, he needs to be a little bit more battle-hardened. You've got guys like Williamson and Trent Bolt who, you know, they've been playing for years and years and years. They can handle a demanding you know, IPL, go straight into the black caps, go back to their domestic side. They can do that and, and still perform at a high level. Jameson's still at that point of his career. He probably needs to get a little bit more, you know, black caps cricket, domestic cricket under his belt before he starts breaking into the IPL. Plus, um, Baz did mention, I don't know how it works, Smithy, but he mentioned that the next auction is going to be a smaller pool and therefore supply and demand would suggest he may get a higher price at the next auction. Mm. So I'm not sure how that works, but maybe it's a bit of a tactical choice from him there. Well, he actually makes a good point because uh, I'll, I'll be, if my memory serves me right, he was one of the last picks last year. And because uh, uh, he was in a role where uh, they were short on uh, quick bowlers, bounce bowlers, um, and guys that could bat a wee bit, uh, he fell into a bracket of about to three players for three jo- or four jobs or something. I bet that's how it became so competitive. And the bidding went so high, I mean, because to be honest, at that point, um, he, was, uh, he was not going to be considered. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's a multi-millionaire. Hey, hey guys, stay with us, please. Uh, Kimberly and, and to you, Sam, please stay with us.
Uh, we're going to have uh, a, a quick break, and uh, when we come back, uh, how about Justin Langer uh, having to reapply for his job, causing a real storm over in Australian cricket yet again. I've had some fun lately. East. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Sam Hewitt in the studio in Auckland and Kimberly Downs on the phone. Uh, the panel this morning, uh, Kimberly, uh, we've just talked about um, the demise of the uh, golf open, but at the same time we hear the announcement that Super Rugby may well be shifting their lock, stock and barrel from a New Zealand point of view. Um, and it just makes me wonder how that can happen over the course of probably two months, yet the golf can't over four days. So what's the difference there in, in the way you look at it? I mean, I guess at least with rugby, they can kind of compartmentalise the teams a bit more and separate them out and kind of keep to those 100-person limits. I think one of the real issues with the golf, wasn't it, was that you're looking at 200-odd players plus caddies plus support um, and plus all of the people who needed to be there in that one point and they probably couldn't separate them out in the same way. I guess what New Zealand rugby is hoping to do here is formulate some system where the teams are just in their pods and then on game days there are fewer than 100 people at the ground. But I've got a lot of questions over how this is going to work. Are these players going to be in a bubble in Queenstown? How is that sort of thing going to go? Surely there are still plenty of risk factors at play here. Obviously, uh, with Omicron in the community, there are major concerns about what happens if one of the players catches COVID, what that means for their team, what that means for the entire competition. So I don't envy the position that New Zealand rugby has been having to make this decision. At the same time, moving them all to this location for however long and in whatever way just brings up a whole lot of added issues. So very much looking forward to seeing where we go on this front, hoping to catch up today actually um, with some of the guys from Moana Pacifica. I know Scott Robertson has been talking this morning as well from the Crusaders um, and is, is, is just in a bit of a wait-and-see pattern as much as any of us. So hoping to get a lot more information on this as well today. But like I say, just a lot of questions over some of the logistics of how that will work and feeling as well for the players who are probably in a bit of limbo at the moment. Yeah, I wonder about the players too, Sam. I just wonder how happy they are about this because... Uh, it's like a mini version of the Breakers, uh, the Phoenix, uh, the Women's Phoenix, of course, having to relocate away from everybody, isolate um, uh, away from everybody. Uh, I just wonder whether this would be relatively new for a lot of rugby guys, how, how they're going to buy into that. Yeah, it's true, Smithy. I guess a few of them may have dealt with it through that NPC season with some of the, I mean, maybe not the Auckland teams, but no, Wycott obviously had to relocate. Um, but, you know, I, I guess what I said before, like that, they're only doing it because they need the competition to go ahead. The players need the competition to go ahead because, you know, there's a lot of money at stake. There's jobs at stake. There's careers at stake. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not going to be – they're not going to be playing in, in front of their home fans. They're not going to be able to be in their, their home community, which is also a big part of these teams, you know, is getting out in the community during the week um, and, and supporting, you know, their, their sponsors and, and charities and that sort of thing. So um, I think it's going to be – yeah, it, it, it's just another year, Smithy, where we're sort of just hanging our heads going, how long is this going to keep going before we go back to normal? I mean, you know, we're all, you know, we've, we've all vaccinated now and, and, you know, there's going to be variants all the way down the road. So at what point do we just bite the bullet? I don't know, but um, it's going to be tough. It'll be tough. Kimberly, uh, I just wonder too about the Blues, of course, uh, you know, a lot of Auckland players. As Sam pointed out, you had any rugby, uh, whether they're keen or not, whether there'll be 
ramifications amongst their group. And, and also, Kimberly, um, nothing from New Zealand rugby. Well, where does this leave super rugby or picky? That is also a great question. You would have to assume, in my mind anyway, there is no way that they can push ahead with a super rugby season, even in a bubble, and not then do the same to super rugby or picky. It's just way too important a year on the rugby calendar for women's rugby looking forward to the World Cup. I think it became very, very clear after those tests in Europe last year uh, that these women need a higher standard of rugby and that higher level of domestic competition going into the World Cup. So I just can't see how they could not do it. In saying that, I know the women are obviously getting paid a bit, but you then need to factor in how they're going to manage that. Who's taking on travel costs, accommodation costs, who is looking after the support for the families, all of those sorts of things come into it. It is logistically uh, just an absolute nightmare. But like I say, I would be, uh, I think, probably not the only one who would be up in arms if anything happened to that competition and yet they push so hard to get Super Rugby itself going. And just to Sam's point as well, when you're talking about the players, yeah, some of them will be used to it. Um, you will have those guys at the more professional end. You know, you guys who play for the All Blacks are kind of used to this bubble system and they're getting, you know, well reimbursed for it. I'm really feeling for the guys, though, who are kind of on the fringes of these teams who, you know, not even necessarily going to be named in the playing squads at each game um, and, and the expectations that will be on them. Um, because I can imagine if I was in that position, I wouldn't be that keen to shoot down somewhere to potentially sit in a bubble for however many weeks uh, and, and looking at the prospect of not much game time either. So we'll see how it all goes. I'll give you an interesting scenario too, uh, Kimberly, in terms of women's sport. Of, of course, the Women's World Cup for cricket is, is not far away. In fact, it starts uh, scheduled to start uh, on the 4th of March. Uh, and that's a big, massive thing for uh, this country. I'm actually really looking forward to uh, commentating uh, a number of games there. Uh, but I was in contact last night with uh, the production house uh, for television worldwide of this event. You know, they can't even tell me at this point uh, what games I'll be commentating because um, they, and they can't give me any flight details or anything because they don't know how many commentators they can get in the country. So, uh, that, I mean, that, that's just a, an example I've been, I have been close to, Kimberly, about how to how put these... Mm damn big events together and leave it as late as possible. I mean, do you want to commentate women's, the Women's Cricket World Cup, Kimberly? I mean, yeah, it's a classic example, isn't it? At least I think, thankfully, hopefully, there will be some added certainty when the border announcement is made tomorrow, although I guess we'll have to wait and see what the specifics are as to what that means for, for foreign nationals coming to do something like commentating the cricket. Again, another event I really feel for, and it's just... It is frustrating as well, I think, when you look at it from the perspective of what a boomer couple of years this was meant to be for women's sport in New Zealand with the Cricket World Cup, with the Rugby World Cup, with FIFA uh, next year as well. Um, and it actually is kind of almost upsetting uh, in a way to kind of see it happening in this way. And particularly, I mean, you'll remember the scenes from the T20 World Cup final over in Melbourne mm. just before covid became a thing, 80,000 fans at the MCG to watch a Women's World Cup final. And that was the sort of thing I was envisaging. And I think the players themselves were envisaging coming here this time and hoping to see that sort of support. Um, And so to have this kind of shadow cast over it, yeah, frustrating. 
Uh, Sam, I know you're dressed as Tom Brady today, but put yourself uh, in the uniform of Justin Langer. You've just uh, defended the Ashes, uh, 4-0, could have been 5. You've won the T20 World Cup uh, all in the space of months. And uh, your boss say, well, Justin, well done, but hey, just by the by, if you want your job back, you've got to reapply for it. Man, is this causing a storm overseas? It's so bizarre, Smithy, because you usually see these sorts of uh, internal strifes with teams that are performing terribly. Um, I just it just baffles me that he's the, he's a T Twenty World Cup winner. He's, he won the Ashes four 0 The t- the side you'd say is, is sort of hissing, um, and you know th- this this is coming out. And I think I read as well um, that there were reports from inside the team, from players and staff, that said they feel they perform better when he's as far away from the team as possible. So you know even the players are sort of distancing themselves from Justin Langer. I don't really know how it's going to end, Smithy, to be honest. Um, you know, do you get rid of a coach that's brought you success or is it, is it come more from the team and they think they can do it without him? Um, but, you know, we sort of see this a little bit more in, in modern day sports where players don't sort of stand for the old, the coach who, you know, maybe comes down a little bit harder on them um, than they could have done in the past and you get these sort of player mutinies. Um, but like I said, it's just bizarre that it's coming from a team that is performing well. Yeah, it sounds like Pat Cummings is a lot more... That comes as a lot more powerful uh, mm. in the mix than uh, people led to believe for a very, very new captain. Uh, uh, Kimberly, um, it is only really uh, hours away, to be honest, till the Winter Olympics start, apart from listening and hearing and, and watching your, your fiancé's fine work. Uh, what are you looking forward to in, the, in these uh, Winter Olympics? Oh, well, fear is fear, you know. I'm looking forward to my fiancé's fine work, but also my colleague Jordan Oliver's fine work, who was there for TVNZ, who was also doing a stellar job. I'm glued to both channels currently. Um, but when it comes to Winter Olympics, oh, what I'm looking forward to, what am I not looking forward to, to be honest? I have such high hopes for the New Zealand team this year. I was lucky enough to cover the Games in Pyeongchang um, and to cover Zoe Sadowski-Sin and Nico Porteous' surprise bronze medal there. They really are this time looking like they can do even better. I don't want to jinx anything and touch all of the wood, but it does seem like this is our best chance ever to win our first Winter Olympics gold, which would just be incredible. But then what I love about these games as well is it opens your eyes to so many sports you would never, ever think of viewing. Think curling is a prime example. Uh, The bobsled, of course, the Jamaican team, there, that's going to be a great storyline. There are so many different sports, and quite frankly, I'm quite excited for the next few weeks to just kind of sit on the couch or at the office and have a couple of different uh, channels going so that I can take in as much as possible because I do think these sports can really inspire and they kind of set the imagination on fire a little bit because they're so out of the way of what you normally see, and these athletes are just incredible. So I'm pumped. Hey, Smithy. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got one for you, mate. The biathlon. Okay. The biathlon. It's the one where they cross-country ski and then they stop yeah. to shoot. They, they, they either prone, they get, get down on their bellies and shoot, or they stand up and shoot and then they're back into the cross-country skiing. It is the most eclectic mix of two sports I've ever seen, but it's fascinating viewing. And we've got yeah, a Kiwi in it. And we've got a right. Kiwi in it. Yeah, we've yeah, got a Kiwi in it as well. Uh, Sam, okay, I'm going to return serve here and counter you on this. Uh, obviously, um, you've got access. So, what time can we expect uh, Tom Brady this afternoon on your show? 
<laughs> I tell you what, I've said this since the day I started producing uh, Smithy, that my number one guest of all time would be Tom Brady. I tried to get him when he brought out a book about his, uh, his TB12 method. If you want to know how to survive until you're 47 like he is, then you just got to eat what he eats and train like he trains. I tried to get him on then, didn't, didn't quite work. So I'll keep trying, Smithy. It may take me 40 years, but uh, we'll get him on eventually. Well, if not, Tom, what about Mrs. Brady? Giselle? People, mm. Some people were speculating that she's the one who's pulling the strings and she, she's the one who told him to retire. Wow. Really? Really? She's isn't got all the, mon- she's got all the money, you know, Smithy. Isn't, uh, isn't that just typical, Sam? <laughs> isn't that just a very good way to say goodbye to Kimberly Downs as well this morning? Uh, thank you very much, Kimberly, for your input. Sam, uh, as well, uh, enjoyed the panel this morning. Range of subjects. Uh, it's never been better. So thanks uh, very much, and we'll have another panel uh, tomorrow morning at the same time.